stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Welcome to episode 54 of the Brave Maker Podcast during COVID-19 coronavirus shelter in place. I hope we're all looking for good stories to consume and binge listen. And this is going to be a good one as well with Christina Jackson, my friend, who is a talented singer and model and fitness guru, amongst many other things. <laughs> what's up, Christina? <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on, Tony? This is amazing. So how are you? Let's do a quick update. What are you doing here in day, what is this, eight or nine of Shelter in Place? Yeah, day nine, uh, getting a little bit like cabin fever, you know, definitely excited to get out the house today. I've had this, and this is actually like kind of embarrassing, but kind of a irrational fear. Like the second I drive outside, because I just want to like go out like around the apartment, I'm going to look like out into the distance and I'm going to like see a person who, <laughs> you know, you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> a zombie? Not quite- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I keep that like every day I'm like I'm gonna go outside today and then I'm like but what if no (laughs) anyway and can I tell you that's because I I feel compelled to watch movies like World War Z and (laughs) Resident Evil like really unhelpful movies isn't that no I'm for real I am for real with you too I keep having these moments of expecting there to be some grizzly looking hand on my window. Right. You know, yes. like, give me your goods. Give me everything you got. Yeah. You know, like, so yeah. that is, that, that is a real, we have, we live in a cinema society. So <laughs> that's our yes. fault creating these stories, but you see people fighting over toilet paper and paper towels. Yeah. And you see people losing their minds right now. So yeah, this is a very weird time. Very weird. Very strange time. Um, but I I am really enjoying all this quality family time. I mean, that's very rare, I think, for most people. I think a lot of the times you're in the house with people and you're not even interacting or, you know what I mean, or connecting with them. And so now we've had such a generous amount of time to connect with one another. And so that's been really beautiful. That's impressive that you're calling it quality time. <laughs> we're, tr- we're trying to survive up in here with just five of us cramped together. There are some good moments, but I think two of my three kids are very much like, I'd rather be at school. Like, I don't want to be home, you know? Of <laughs> course. I know it's friends. really hard on the kids. So there's five of us here and the youngest is three years old. Ooh. So Yeah, brutal for yeah. her, huh? That's tough. Try okay. to keep her entertained and educated and... Happy and thriving, yeah. So let's uh, get into your story of thriving. You have a really unique story, like all of us, a brave story. And yeah. the, reason, the reason why I wanted to bring you on the podcast is because you're obviously you're a, you're a member of the Brave Maker team, and we have been yeah. connected for a little over a year now. We met last January 2019 at one of yeah, our that's wild. yeah. So we'll get to that backstory, but why don't you just give us your, like, how did Christina Jackson come to be? Who are you? And tell us about your life in the creative industry and the things that you're doing in the world. Absolutely. So I never thought I would be a designer or working in films or singer, songwriter, any of that. In high school, I just wanted to play 
professional soccer and like travel the world and write. And that was my dream up until I was 19. And during my sophomore year, I broke my neck snowboarding over winter break and became paralyzed from the chest down. So that's actually how I joined the disability community. And so at that point, I obviously had to make some deci- like some pretty heavy decisions about my life because now soccer is out and soccer had become my life, like becoming a pro athlete was my life. So, and because of like the gravity of the situation, I really had lost my joy for writing, which was my major. I was majoring in creative writing and English. And, but after getting injured, I just kind of lost that passion. You know, I just wasn't in a good place. And so I switched my major to business because actually what I found out after getting injured is that having a disability is really expensive. Like it's really expensive and your insurance doesn't cover it all. And it's just not what the way our healthcare system is. It's not a good place to be in uh, if you have a spinal cord injury and trying to afford rehabilitation and all the equipment, like it's very challenging. And so I decided to change my major to business and I got into the University of the Pacific's Eberhardt School of Business. And it was actually there taking an entrepreneurship class that my life started to move towards the creative field. So I was selected to pitch a product to a room full of local investors, business owners, angel investors. And I had this product and it was a jewelry box bear. So it was basically like, imagine a little teddy bear only it was, I made it in like this like luxurious satin fabric because it was meant to also look like jewelry while holding your jewelry. So something that you could leave out on your dresser and you would put your earrings and your necklaces on it. And that was my idea. So I got up in front of this room full of investors and I pitched this idea and I was so excited about it. And at the end of it, it was just like crickets. <laughs> and then one, one of the women spoke up. She was like, you know... We thought you were going to be talking about the accessories on your wheelchair. And I was like, oh, and she's like, those are really fascinating. Talk to us about that. We've never seen anything like that before. You should, you should go into that direction. That's a niche market and it, it looks really good. And I was like, wow. Boom. So something I was just, right? Isn't that wild? Like something I just did for myself to feel good for myself, to feel confident uh, getting in front of a room full of, you know, investors and just getting into the business world. They were like, you should share that with others. So I started pursuing that and creating my company, Gusto. And in uh, San Joaquin Valley, which is where I'm from, they did an entrepreneurship competition and I came in second. And But what happened from that is they paired me with a mentor. And so from there, we just kept creating things that we thought people wanted. We kept trying to interact with our customers to see, you know, what would make you feel emboldened? What would make you feel more confident in your chair when you go out into the world? You know, what would make you feel like you're celebrating your life? So that's what I've been doing for about the last six years. And I'm still, I I call it a wheelchair stylist. Uh, But as of last year, I did close my online shop to focus on music and acting. You are a force. (laughs) I love that your invitation to pitch came from something that was personal to you, but that you didn't realize could potentially be a market. I think that's really cool. I like that. That's a really unique element to, I think, how we do some self-discovery. Sometimes it takes other people to point those things out, to elevate up to us in whatever path we're going to. And that just like blew my mind. Like it didn't even occur to me that other people would want the accessories that I was making. And then once I got out there, 
So the company was a four-woman team. And so I personally interacted with every customer we ever had because it was just a very small business. And it was so satisfying and so wonderful to have someone reach out to me and say, hey, I have an eight-year-old son. He's getting ready to go to school. I'd love to like, do something really cool for him. And we made a Thomas the Train like chair accessory covers for him. And he loved that. And we did a lot of superhero chairs for kids. And it was just extremely satisfying, rewarding work. And, and I love it. And I still do it. Uh, we don't have this site up. But if you know me, like if you see me at the gym and you're like, Christina, hook it up. Like, I'll still, I'll, I'll hook you up. <laughs> so you're going to spend more time doing acting and singing yeah. stuff now. So how tell, let's talk about that because that's what I mean that's part of the reason why we got a little bit more connected is when we met at the Brave Maker film screening last January you came yeah. to the film that was called I'll Push You in your sash that was Miss California 2018 because yeah. the, the film we were doing was about two best friends who go uh, hiking in the Spain um, El Camino like six-week hike and one of them happened to be in a wheelchair and you came as a representative mm-hmm. of the uh, disabled community and it was just really really yeah. beautiful and we got connected and I was like this is I need to learn more and so then we've been chatting and going okay what's the next step and so basically you have an agent now you've been auditioning uh for film roles so talk about how that whole thing came to be and from your point of view why you think it all came to be? Uh, it's been such a wild ride. So we met last January at this screening, and that was one of many events that I had the opportunity to do as Miss Wheelchair California 2018. I actually had a really phenomenal mentor and a friend that we share, Fernanda Costello. And at the time, I had pneumonia. So I had been in Las Vegas uh, for CES, I'd gone there with one of my sponsors, which is Will, uh, the personal electrical vehicle company. And they were debuting this amazing new chair that you could drive like on all terrains and all this stuff. And while I was there, it's January in Vegas. It's very cold and there's like millions of people there. And I remember being there and thinking it was odd that so many people were wearing this surgical mask. Now it's like commonplace. But at the time it was like, oh, that seems a little um, excessive. And it wasn't. Because by the time I came back, I had pneumonia. I was at home uh, recovering. I'd been to the hospital and they sent me home with some medication. But I just was not feeling amazing to go to any red carpet event. And she was like, you have to. You have to come meet Tony and that's it. And so I pulled myself together. (laughs) I pulled myself together and I came to the viewing. And that was my introduction to Brave Maker. Right? And I'm like, oh my God, what is Tony doing? Like He is telling some amazing stories. I love the mission. I really want to work together. And I think about a couple months later, I pitched you my story. I was like, I want to tell my story. I, I, I think that my story could have impact and really help elevate the lives of other people who might be in a similar situation uh, with struggling with their sexuality or a different ability or just like something traumatic, like just to understand that something really traumatic could happen to you. But there's something in you that can overcome all of that. Like you're stronger than all of that. Like you can feel whole again and you can celebrate life again. So yeah, so I pitch you that story. 
And we've been working together ever since. And I start, well, I was planning on starting acting school in the, in the spring at Empower House Acting Studio here in Oakland. Uh, but things are different now. So the start date was April 14th, but we'll see now how that's going to play out. Are they considering doing anything online with online classes? They actually already have like started some things for us to start working on. I think I'm going to post something later on today. They're having an Empower House Acting Studio Challenge. Cool. So I'm going to do something creative and share that there. Uh, otherwise, I, I don't know. There's no new start date as of now. So we'll see how that's going to go. I, like my sister goes to Chabot. And they've already like moved everything online. She even does her like softball training through Zoom like this. So this is like the new normal, right? Yeah, this is the new normal. We got to figure out. We got to figure out how to do acting classes and auditioning and connecting and create. We have to figure out how to create through this way. Like this, actually, I feel like I've been more busy than ever this past week. I've had more meetings, more conversations. And I'm an extrovert. I'm getting exhausted with because people are because people are not quote unquote uh, out and about as much or busy. So they're they're taking more things like this, you know. Yeah. I just got an email from a guy today that I was trying months ago to get a hold of. He's like, "Well, now I have more time, so let's get let's schedule a date." I'm like, "Wow, interesting, right? More people are are available via Zoom if they don't have to get in the car and commute somewhere." Yeah, that maybe makes us more accessible. Who knows? Maybe we'll be creating a whole heck of a lot more stuff. Yeah, I think things will change kind of in a permanent way after this. I think a lot of people are realizing that telecommuting and you could do a lot thing, a lot of work this way. I've done some Zoom auditions, which is really cool. Uh, so we'll see what the future looks like. Hopefully, less traffic. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> so interesting. Well, I, kudos to you for jumping in and taking a risk. Yeah, life and starting starting over. Uh, so let's talk, let's talk a little bit about some of the hopes that you have. You know, when you think about, you said you know you have become this advocate for people with differing abilities, people who are finding their sexual identities and mm-hmm. affirmed in them, people who um, who are of different races. Right? You have this. You have a. Yeah. Uh, you're a quadruple threat in many ways for the stories that you want to tell. So talk about that. Yeah, so I do sit at the corner of four, I want to say, of the most marginalized groups, being a woman, being African-American, having a visible disability, and being part of the queer community. So I have an intimate understanding of what it feels like to be marginalized, uh, to feel like you don't have a voice, and just to look out in the world and feel like, where do I belong? Like, where do I fit in? Where are people who look like me living and thriving and celebrating their lives. Like I'm not really seeing that. And that's really where I struggled at 19 to kind of understand my identity and where do I go from here? Because up until that point, like my identity really was like at the center was on my physical ability, was on performance, you know, what I could do. And then once that was taken away, it was so devastating because I was like, well, what am I without that? And that's such a tragic question to ever have to ask yourself, like, what are you without your physical abilities? Like, you're so much more than that. But at that time, I just, I hadn't understood that. So I'm excited to be in a place now to tell stories and to share the reality of my life with other people. Like, it does get better. You have to make it better. That's kind of uh, been my motto for the last two years is be your own hero don't wait for someone else to have a positive impact on your life because you more than anyone know your hopes and dreams and desires 
So you have the most power to impact your life positively and you have to grab hold of that. Don't be afraid of the responsibility and the weight of it and just have fun with it. I love that. Be your own hero in, in, yeah. in storytelling language, the idea that like, we're our own protagonist of our story. So write mm-hmm. yourself as the main character. Yeah. And, you know, I love how people define what makes a great story. One way is that a great story is about a character who wants something so much, so bad that they'll overcome any and every obstacle in order to get it. And the yeah. beautiful thing about what makes a great story is that people want to watch that character face those yeah. obstacles. They want to watch to see how they're going to deal with the rejections, the, the ups and downs, the, the disappointments and the triumphs. That's what makes an engaging story, let alone an engaging life. So you truly are. Yeah. You are an inspiration to me. That's why I wanted to partner with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I, it's cool to be able to say, okay, well, a couple things since our partnership. We've seen you do uh, a keynote talk with the Peninsula Conflict Resolution Center. We about did get to Powerful do that. women. You have since been on how many auditions now for a film? It's about four or five? How many? Yeah, I've done about four or five auditions. Yes. Uh, I got to do some extra work in San Francisco. That was really cool. It's just really exciting being in the environment. So with Brave Maker, before I pitched you, actually, I jumped in to volunteer yep. just to yep. start understanding the business and see what it is that you do. And I was just like, wow, like it, there's so many moving parts to creating films, there even are. a short film, like it still takes just as much preparation yep. and intention. And it just took so much. I was like, wow, this is like, this is like a massive thing that he's doing. This is really exciting. And I'm so like, it's so thrilling to be a part of it. And it's so different. From anything that I've ever done before yeah you you definitely embody all of the the values that we have with brave maker uh, not only being the you know you you embrace your life with such vigor and boldness but you're just a really kind and compassionate and friendly human being and those are the type of people that we want to partner with and you know sometimes they can be few and far between in the world let alone in this industry so I don't know I'm excited for you Christina and I'm so glad that you are joining us and now you have an acting agent. So kudos to MDT talent agency for taking you on. That's pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. And I actually got to meet some other people with MDT. I took, uh, when it was still okay to do so. And I didn't even realize how much I should have. I mean, I really enjoy it the moment and I, I blogged about it and everything like that, but I got to take a private acting class with Stan Roth. And it was just a small group of maybe about 20 of us, but just gathering in that way, which we can't really do now. Yeah. You know, it was such a precious moment. And it was my first like organized acting setting, like my first time being in like a classroom setting for acting. And it was just, it's just so much fun. And that's a shout out to Lisa Keating, our friend. Yeah, shout out to Lisa Keating, man. She organized the event. It was really wonderful. She's a phenomenal photographer. She took some amazing pictures uh, generously and shared those with us. So very cool. We are big fans of Lisa and she has become a Brave Maker partner as well. She's one of our go-to suggested recommended photographers in the Bay Area and she creates a tribe of people as well who are doing awesome things. So if you don't have headshots, you should see Lisa. We'll put her, her website in the show notes. I just I was texting with her today. She has uh, packed up her and her boyfriend and her dog and got out of California to go be with her mom to try to... Really? Stay. Yeah. 
So she wow. a couple of weeks off and just um, hang. So we wish her safe travels and we'll all connect online through Zoom in some way. But yeah, huge um, blessing to partner with her and her her photography studio. She does great stuff. She but, does really great stuff. And she told me when I was there, she's like, I always get my clients work. So this is going to be a really good experience for you. Yes. And she was right. Like yes. it's, it's been so exciting. So yeah. Love that. She's awesome. So Christina, um, talk about how, how do you face your obstacles? Like what are your biggest obstacles and frustrations and how do you deal with those things? My biggest obstacle really is keeping and finding really good assistance. So, and right now it's very challenging because we're not supposed to be gathering. And although um, my assistants, they're considered essential. I mean, they are essential uh, people. It's just, I'm relying on my mom and my sister because we're all here in the house. And I don't want to jeopardize other people traveling to come in and to assist me and things like that. But prior to this, I would still say it's always the same issues. So I do have quadriplegia, so I don't really make moves without someone else. Like I'm dependent on someone else to, you know, do everything, dressing, bathing, prepping food, laundry, like everything. And so without other people, like I'm kind of just like a sitting duck, really just like in the water, just what it, like what's going on. So always for me, like my main obstacle is just finding really amazing assistants that can work with my schedule because it's very irregular now and that are reliable and available and people have wives and kids and spouses and they have their own health. So it's, it's a, it's a very precarious position to be in. Um, so I would say like, that's my greatest challenge is always worrying about, am I going to have somebody there who can help me? You know, that is a really humbling place to live from. And yeah. I also think it's a brave place to live from because you have to let people serve you. Yeah. And that is not easy when we are independent, sometimes stubborn people who Mm-hmm. want to have control over our lives. Control is a big thing for everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge thing. It was one of the like things that caused the most complications in the beginning because it's just like, well, you can't. Like you, you have to. I want to say like living with paralysis or a spinal cord injury, it feels like some days feel like survivor, yeah. you know, because like you, it's all about alliances, like it's all about you know, and just keeping your eye on the prize and moving forward and just allowing yourself to be in positions that aren't that comfortable mentally and physically sometimes, but just having the knowledge that you'll get through it, give it your best, and then just, you know, be okay with what it is. And it doesn't have to be perfect. That's the other thing. Like, don't, I try not to get too attached to people and just feel like I'm good on my own. You know what I mean? And like, how do I express that? Because I used to be like really attached to my assistants. Like if I can't have them, then I can't do it. And it was very debilitating as well. You know, you have to feel confident that you could instruct anyone to help you do anything that you need to do. And so that's the approach that I try to have now, you know. Wow. But it's hard, right? It's very intimate, like having people involved in your life at this level. That's right. Yeah. Gosh. And, you know, I've met your mom and your sister and your niece. They're all just really amazing people, but I know that's the dream team, but I know it's not, it's rough and you all have to learn to forgive and be kind (laughs) to each other and forgive quickly. Right. When you're so intimate, kindness first and foremost, always like always for us, it works for us and it's worked for years because 
we try to always come from a place of love and just always know if you're feeling a certain way about something, like maybe feeling negative about a situation, it's a misunderstanding because we all have the best intentions for each other. Like we all love each other. Maybe we don't communicate in the best way sometimes, but we keep that at our core, like in our heart, like we love each other and whatever it is that we're trying to achieve, we're, we'll do it better together. Beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. So uh, let's do a couple quick response questions. Uh, what, what, what has made you cry recently? In a sad way or in a happy way? Because I actually cried. <laughs> I was just crying this morning. Um, Tell us. I was watching a, a really funny show. I, can't, I don't even want to share it because maybe other people won't find it like funny. But I was watching a really funny show. And That's now, okay. Like, share it. It's your, it's your cried, story. No one so can rob that so, from So my guilty pleasure is I love watching love and hip-hop Hollywood (laughs) and so I was watching that I get up at five and I did like my guided meditation and I worked out and I did my yoga and then Robin came in about 6 30 and she was like let's just watch a couple episodes you know it's not really part of our morning routine but we wanted some laughs so we were watching it you and your sister yeah (laughs) so that show really made me laugh uh something that made me laugh like in a sad way cry i don't know like yeah i can't or cry i i get more like quiet for sad things Mm -hmm. like i cry when i laugh i I usually don't cry when i'm sad cool all right uh (laughs) i'm like crying now (laughs) (laughs) happy tears (laughs) um so well the other question is what films or shows are you binging right now do you have anything else other than hip the hip-hop show yeah so i love youtube i like to watch evan carmichael's top 10 i don't know if you're a fan of that series it's really awesome uh he has everyone on there from designers to writers to actors and they tell their top 10 like secrets for success so i really really love watching like that show endlessly um but i don't aside from love and hip-hop that's why it's so funny that i mentioned that is that i don't watch a lot of tv i'm you know, when you're creative, like your mind is sometimes too busy to watch a show. Sure. You want to be like writing something or singing something or like doing something creative. So I do a lot of reading, writing, singing. We sing like we're singing here all the time. It's like karaoke 24 seven. My dad is like, is it 10 o'clock? Yet? <laughs> you know, like, Enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> Do do we have Kimberly sad in the background? We do. I'm so sorry about that. Are you That's okay. That? That's okay. No worries. Well, I'll yeah. wait. A, I'll wait a second. Is she is she good? Is she okay? Yeah, it sounds like she's apologizing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, she's a handful. Next question: Who's someone that inspires you? Could be someone you know or someone you're not. Feel free to name a few people who inspire you in your creative life. Tom Ford uh, is a huge inspiration for me. He's someone that I really modeled when I started creating accessories for wheelchairs because I just loved his idea that if you focus on your customer, like make something that you love, then they'll love it and it'll sell. And you you have to get sales because that's how your company is going to grow and keep going. And then you could serve more customers. So Tom Ford definitely is inspiration for me. And just keep your customer like at the core of your business and you'll do well. And I found that to be really true and just really amazing. Like don't focus on 
profits and, and all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's an issue. Like you have to be able to make money and you have to be aware of cost. But at the end of the day, you have nothing if you don't have satisfied customers who are coming back. So he's definitely an inspiration to me. Oh my gosh, uh, Deepak Chopra, just love all his work. I just finished his book, The Path to Love. Just, I mean, beautiful. All of his work, I feel like is really beautiful and really touches me in a place that I feel like isn't stimulated daily, like with the things that we engage in and consume. Uh, But his work is just coming from a place of like love and beauty, especially for self, like really about nurturing the self and growing as a person instead of like attaching to other things to embolden and empower you, like find that within yourself. And that has just been really empowering and really liberating. Uh, Yeah. What is your advice for people facing rejection and who want to quit? Rejection from acting or from partners? (laughs) Let's talk about it. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Bring it on. Whatever you want (laughs) to both. (laughs) All right. So for acting, uh, it's hard, but I also feel like just being in the game for barely a year, it's a numbers game. And I learned something and you have to have that attitude, like you're going to learn and it's an experience and an adventure. So I try to learn something new with every audition, with every set I'm on, with every short film, like learn something new, really engage, really enjoy the experience, like throw your whole self into it. And rejection is, is going to be part of the game yeah. uh, and that's fine. And just to, like, and it's okay to have those feelings. Yeah. Like I didn't, I recently didn't get a, a role, you know, and, and I thought, okay, and you can dissect like, what did I do wrong? I should have said this. I should have done that. Don't like definitely reevaluate your performance to do better, but don't pick yourself apart and like destroy yourself, you know, yeah. like at a personal level, like try to take a step back and look at your performance from a professional point and see areas where you can improve it and then move forward from there. And that's also kind of the approach like for personal life, Uh, but it's actually (laughs) easier. Like for dating rejection is, I feel like it's great because even if you really wanted them, that's the hard part. If they're not into you, then they're not the one and don't force it because it won't be good. It really won't be good. (laughs) That is good advice. Even in the acting world, if it's not the right one, don't force it. You'll, you'll, these things kind of work themselves out. And I love your, you know, feel what you got to feel, but don't beat yourself up. I had a local Bay Area director reach out to me in December, right? December, you have all the feels, you're hoping like Christmas and holidays are going to be great. Then you get an audition, you're like, oh, wouldn't this be the best role at Christmas? And he picked me to audition for the role. I felt great. It was a video audition. Great. He's like, oh, I'm really interested. I'll let you know on Monday. I'm like, oh, okay, wow. And then, yeah. and then Monday comes. Like, I'm probably going to need till Wednesday or Friday. I'm like, okay. He's like, we got a couple other people we're considering. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And then it gets to like the week before, you know, Christmas. And he's like, sorry, we're going another direction. I'm like, oh, yeah. that yeah. going another direction. And I let myself feel it. I was like, oh, I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. I just felt yeah. all those things. And then I'm like, all right, now I'm like, obviously I'm over it. But as an actor, I had to let myself go there. And then I also took something like, what could I learn about now being a director? Like, you know what? I probably would have handled that a little bit differently. I know things are so political when it comes to who you're casting and your producers have to agree and it's got to be the right looks. And sometimes you don't get a role just because the person they cast opposite has, you know, the same color hair and eyes. They want to have there be some diversity or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
like, okay, how yeah. can I handle that differently if that were me? You know, I don't know. So it's a great, it's a great learning curve. If we look at everything we do, every audition is a chance to, to work, to prove our, like to prove that we can play a different character and then yeah, it throw, is. throw it away and go move on, move forward, move through it. Right. Yep. Every audition is a chance to act, to practice your craft, to improve it, to have fun. Uh, so definitely like keep that at the forefront of your mind, like give it your absolute best and have fun. And that, I, I keep that idea for everything that I do, like acting, songwriting, chair styling, like make sure that you're having fun and you're giving it your absolute best. And then there's no way that you're not going to be winning. Even if you didn't get the the part and I've gotten that, you know, I've gotten those emails. <laughs> oh, you've been released. Oh, we've found another direction. And it's just, you have to sit with those feelings, like, oh, you know, the disappointment because, you know, also in that time you start like dreaming because we're, we're dreamers, right? We're creatives. We're dreamers. I'm dreaming walking down the red carpet at the premiere, right? (laughs) Right. You start imagining these things and the impact it could have. And no, it's so cool. And then you don't get it. So, but it's okay because it's, it's on to the next. That's right. All right. Two more, two more questions I got. How would you, oh, so before I ask what are you working on this year? What are you creating and making? What can we expect from Christina Jackson? What I'm creating and making. So what's really exciting, and this is a lot, thanks to Tony. So I was working on music and the producer I was working with kind of ghosted me, right? I'll put boo. it that way. Like, yeah, boo. And I was, and I told you, I was like, oh, I'm working on something really exciting. I can't wait to share it with you. And then I never could share it with you because I got ghosted and you were like, don't even sweat it because I know another <laughs> producer. So Good. you hooked me up, right? With uh, Ivan Reyes over at Templo Studio. And so we met with him and I started working with him and it's been really exciting. So I'm working on my first EP with him. Uh, so new music and that's really, really fun. I've actually never written original songs before, so cool. but yeah, so that's cool. So the music and then I'm also writing Yes. I'm writing a comic book called yes. <laughs> And it's it based called? on the life of Harriet Tubman, but it's kind of a different angle because I know it's like saturated right now, like everyone's doing that. But Harriet Tubman's story to me is so profound because like as, as a child, she had sisters and her sisters were taken away. And so the angle that I'm approaching the story in her life is that she was driven by love to find her family again at all costs. Because you have to wonder, how could someone make, she made like 20 trips or so? She, t- she made so many trips and they were all so incredibly dangerous. I mean, what she was risking, not just to be killed, but like, it was going to be horrible if she had been captured. And so I, I had to sit and think about what would drive me to do that? I have two sisters, you know, they're my ride or die, like they're everything to me. I would go to the end of the earth if they had been taken, you know, from the plantation where we lived and I, I didn't know if I'd ever see them again, I would do whatever it took to rescue them. So that's the basis for this adventure. And I'm starting it off as a comic book, but I'd love to later, you know, consider turning it into like a film or something. So those are my two huge like creative projects right now, music and writing. And, um, and, and then just working on the acting, just taking classes and improving that and having fun. Yeah. Yes. What was the name of the comic book again? I, I think it's going to be called Minty. So Minty, Minty, people don't know, that's actually Harriet Tubman's nickname. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's going to be, yeah, much more like a family oriented, like a story about sisters, because that's what I know. Beautiful. Yeah. Right on. And then how would you define a brave maker? 
A brave maker is someone who is sharing their truth in an authentic way with the purpose of serving others. So if you're doing that, if you're sharing a part, right, if you're sharing a part of yourself that's very vulnerable, very difficult, and that's, it's, can I tell you, it took me forever to craft that email and, and I put together like an iMovie trailer when I pitched you the story. I was like, oh my God, am I, am I really going to talk about this? You know, am I really going to talk about what life is like with paralysis and what it's like to have your high school sweetheart walk out on you? And like, am I really going to go here? And what is it like to come out as a gay teen in high school? Like, what is that? And I was like, yeah, it all feels really terrifying. And I'm going to tell it. It's awesome. You are a brave maker. Christina Jackson, you are. Awesome. (laughs) So, hey, tell people where they can find you, your social media handles. We'll also put it in the show notes. Okay, yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Christina Ray Jackson. And let me spell that for you because it's fancy. No, (laughs) it's K-R-Y-S-T-I-N-A-W-R-A-Y. J-A-C-K-S-O-N. I had to do the whole thing, man, because like my name was taken, so I was just like, I'll get the whole thing. <laughs> That's good. Hey, so yeah. Christina, get connected to her brave story. You will hear her and see more from her in the Brave Maker community. And yeah. thanks for on the podcast, Christina. That's awesome. Thanks this was great, Tony. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Episode 54. Please take care of yourself. Wash your hands. And stay inside. (laughs) Wash your hands, stay inside, stay connected. That's right. Stay joyful. All right, till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Want to be social? Find us on Twitter and Instagram at BraveMaker, Inc. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.